0: Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out how the Lord wants us to be world changers. He wants us to impact those around us. So what
1: is the secret to being a world changer? What is the motive that will keep us going even when we are at times discouraged in the race of life? Here's the answer. It's Jesus. We do it for Jesus. We keep running for Him because one day we will stand before Him and we'll see Him face to face. This is the
0: day. our phone is running low, what do we do? Well, we might turn off any app or option that isn't necessary, anything that's going to run down that precious power. Well, that's a pretty good strategy to follow as we serve the Lord. Is there anything siphoning off energy that could be used for God? Maybe we should shut it down. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to dedicate ourselves wholeheartedly to the task of serving the Lord with all we've got. We'll learn how to be world changers.
1: When I was a kid, I always wanted to be an athlete, but I never was very athletic. And that's probably because of my high school campus, you know, the jocks as we call them. You know, the girls love them, you know, especially the guys who are on the football team. You know, so I wanted to be on the football team. Well, obviously I wasn't a quarterback and I wasn't a linebacker, so I thought maybe I could do something where I would run and catch the ball a bit, you know, an end, a split end, whatever. So I went out, I went through all the training, and it was hard. And amazingly, much to my shock, I was accepted to be on the football team. I was so excited, and then I got my head shaved, but it was worth it. That was a big deal to me then. See, now it would mean nothing. But then I had this great blonde hair, little surfer wave here. and I do this all the time. And I, I sacrificed my hair to be on the team. The day after I got my head shaved, I'm called into the office. In the principal's office, they said, Greg, you cannot be on the football team. I said, why? They said, your grades are too low. Could you have told me this before I went through training and shaved my head? No, but you know, I wasn't great in football, but... I was pretty good at running primarily, good at a short burst of energy, uh, but I would not do good on the marathon type races, and I would often fall back. So as I've gotten older, I've tried to run, but oh man, it's just hard, you know? Even after you get a new pair of running shoes. I read an interesting stat that said that 87% of those who purchase running shoes never use them for running. And think how much running shoes cost now, right? And so you spend all this money and you wear your shoes to the market or whatever, but hey, you're looking pretty good, right? So I mean, I don't like exercise. I am naturally not inclined to work out when I talk to people who say, man, I had a great workout, felt so good. The only thing that feels good to me about a workout is when it's over with, right? It's so bad, I don't even like to jog my memory, okay? <laughs> the other day, I was at the gym. I was stretching. I was bending. I was lifting. And I was just getting out of the car. But, <laughs> but seriously, though, I, I, I go to the gym five days a week. Well, I should say I go by the gym because it's on my way to Krispy Kreme Donuts, you see. but No, but seriously... I'm not a real athlete, but I know people who are, and I know one thing, they're very committed. I read a statistic that said, if you want to be a successful Olympic athlete, you have to work out four hours a day, 310 days a year for six years to compete for the gold. Now that is commitment. Well, I bring this all up because now as we come to the close of our World Changers series in Hebrews 11, we pick up with Hebrews chapter 12, where the author, and we don't know who the author of Hebrews is. Some think it's Paul, I would agree with that, but we know it was the Holy Spirit for sure working through this person. But chapter 12 begins with the word therefore, because the writer of Hebrews is picking up on what has previously been said. So in light of Hebrews 11, we come to Hebrews 12, that is telling us what we should do in light of what we have just learned. And here before us is the secret of the world changer. So let's read together, Hebrews 12 starting in verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him who endured such hostility from sinners against Himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. We'll stop there. So what is the secret to being a world changer? What is the motive that will keep us going even when we are at times discouraged in the race of life? Here's the answer, it's Jesus. We do it for Jesus, we keep running for Him because one day we will stand before Him and we'll see Him face to face. Let me take you back again to verse one. It says, therefore, I've often said whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, find out what it's there for. It's always drawing upon what has been previously said. So the author of Hebrews is saying, therefore, or another way of putting it, in light of what we have just learned from these heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, because of this example, therefore, let us run with endurance. I'm gonna share with you six principles about being a world changer. Number one, world changers are in good company. World changers are in good company. Verse one says, you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Here are all these great people of faith. They ran the race of life so well. Hey, they weren't perfect. They messed up. They had flaws. We pointed this out. But yet they changed their world. The world changers in Hebrews 11 opposed the Pharaoh and they counseled Nebuchadnezzar. They passed through the Red Sea. They shouted down the walls of Jericho. They shut the mouths of lions. They both called down and walked through fire. Now the author of Hebrews is saying listen, run like they did. Live like they did. This can be done. And keep this in mind. The world changers of Hebrews 11 did not have as much light as we do. And by that I mean they they didn't know all that we know for starters, they didn't have Jesus Christ living in their heart. That's a new covenant uh, possibility, not an Old Testament possibility. And they didn't have the Holy Spirit empowering them. That happens for those in the new covenant because of the death and resurrection of Christ. And so they didn't know all that we know, but yet they pressed on, Hebrews 11:13 13 says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance, and they welcomed it. And listen, the same God who was their God is also our God. The God of yesterday is the God of both today and tomorrow. Therefore, let us run
0: listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Thanks for joining us today. He's from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And he's bringing us six principles about being world changers today. It's a message called The Secret to Being a World Changer.
1: Point number two, world changers are in a race for their life. World changers are in a race for their life. Verse one, let us run. One of the reasons I think Paul may be the author of Hebrews is because Paul often used the analogy of running in other writings like Philippians and 1 Corinthians and Galatians. In 1 Corinthians 9.24, Paul said, remember in a race everyone runs but only one person gets a prize so run in such a way that you will win. Did you hear that? See, we live in a time where we say everyone's a winner. We get participation trophies for just showing up. Right? And we say to the kids, doesn't matter what the score is, you're a winner. No, they're not. There's a winner and there's a loser. And that's how life works too, right? Paul says, run that you may win. When Allie was, my granddaughter was playing soccer. At first I said she she was a little reluctant, you know, she wasn't really going for it. And so I'd give her the pep talk. I'd call her over at the break. Allie, Allie, listen. You need the eye of the tiger. Ding. Okay, I didn't do that. But anyway, (laughs) press on. You need the eye of the tiger. She's like, Papa, what? I just, Ali, try harder. So then I tried something else. I said, if you score a goal, I'll buy you a doll. And she scored a goal and I bought her a doll. Then the next game she scored two goals and I got her a doll. Then she scored four goals. I said, I can't give a doll for every goal anymore. I'll go bankrupt. But she's doing that well. But the idea is winning, Play to win. If you're in a game, score in the game. And we're in the race of life. But this is very important. You are not my opponent. I'm not competing with you. You're not competing with me. As a church, we're not competing with another church in town. I say for all the churches in our community, preaching the gospel, teaching God's word, God bless all of them. All of us, we're all the church. We're all the church. My competition isn't with another pastor. Listen, my competition, if you will, my opponents are the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm running with fellow Christians. We're running together. Point number three, world changers run light. World changers run light. Verse one, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us and run with endurance the race that is set before us. Listen, you don't want excess baggage in the race of life. This is hard for me because I'm the original pack rat. No, I, I wasn't in the rat pack. I'm a pack rat. <laughs> I just save everything. I, I schlep everything along with me. When I travel, I take way too much stuff. I fill my suitcases up, and when they check them on the scale, they... Look at me like an idiot. You know, I always weigh a little too much, you know, and I'm dragging this stuff. And it's a bad idea because sometimes if you your flights a little late and landing and your connector is taking off, you have to run to the next plane to catch it. So I have everything on wheels now. All my suitcases are on wheels. Everything's on wheels. Kathy's on wheels. I pulled no, she hasn't, but (laughs) wheels. And wheels are great until you hit carpet or asphalt then the party's over. So, my philosophy is you can't carry it, I shouldn't take it. And so, but this is weight that slows us down. <laughs> this can be true in life too, you know, carrying extra poundage on our bodies. You know, sometimes as we get a little older, we'll say, "Oh, I'm just getting old." Well, you might be getting fat too. <laughs> uh, you can't stop age, but you can work on the fat. Maybe lose a few pounds, you'll probably feel Better, but here's the thing I'm talking not about weight gain or loss or suitcases or wheels. Here's what I'm really saying ask yourself this question in the race of life, and I'm speaking of the Christian life is there someone or something that is slowing you down? See, if I'm running a race and someone's hanging on to me and I'm dragging them, is that a productive relationship for winning a race? No. If I'm trying to have an appetite for the things of God and somebody is feeding me something that dulls my appetite, is that a good thing to eat? So periodically I have to take stock of my life and ask myself of certain relationships, is this a good relationship for me? You need to run the race with godly people that spur you on, not with ungodly people that slow you down. So look for godly friends. And even more, be a godly friend. You know, one of our world changers that we looked at was Abraham. You remember God said to Abraham, leave your country, leave your family, and go to a land that I'll show you. And Abraham obeyed, sort of. (laughs) He left his country, and he left most of his family, but he took along his nephew Lot, who was sort of like spiritual dead weight. And it caused conflict with Abraham, and ultimately they had to part ways But it's interesting, as soon as Abraham sort of cut off contact with Lot, God spoke to him again. Sometimes we have relationships like that that are hurting us in the race of life. Lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily beset you. Ask yourself the question, this thing, is it speeding me up or is it slowing me down? This thing that I'm doing, is it building me up or is it tearing me down? There are certain kind of foods they say are energy foods. I'm told a banana is an energy food. A glazed donut is not an energy food, okay? So, so if I eat certain things, it will affect me mentally and to some degree physically, and we all have different metabolisms. This is important. Notice it says, lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily beset you. There's a distinction. See, sin is sin. There's a lot of sins out there breaking God's commandments. Falling short of his standards, uh, not doing what God tells you to do, which would be the sin of omission. But then there's the weight. See, what may be a weight for one person is not necessarily a weight for another person. You might say, well, look, that Christian is doing thus and so, and they're okay. Why can't I do it? Because you're not that person. And maybe it doesn't affect them the same way that it affects you. What is a weight to one is not necessarily a weight for another.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with some good insight on how we can run our own race for the Lord. And there's more to come as he completes his list of the six principles for being world changers. That's next time when we bring you the balance of this final installment in Pastor Greg's series, World Changers. But before we go today, Pastor Greg is back to close with this illustration from today's message called The Secret to Being a World Changer.
1: You know, when I was younger, I, when I was in my 20s, uh, and I would finish preaching, uh, I would always go out to a restaurant called Nuggles. How many of you have heard of Nuggles? Yeah, and there, there, there was one here in Riverside and, and they're in Orange County. Someone heard me in the first service said there's one in Fountain Valley. I'm gonna do some research on that. Because um, I love Nuggles. I thought it was the best take-up Mexican food ever. And uh, I, there was something I always ordered there. So I hate to admit this, but I'd be preaching a sermon. And I'm toward the end of my message at night, I'm speaking, and I'm literally thinking, macho combo burrito, macho combo burrito. I'm thinking about it like this, macho combo It's a five minutes, macho combo burrito. So I'd finish the service, yes, amen, God bless. Macho combo burrito. <clears throat> Drive through, get it. This thing was like the size of a sleeping bag. It was huge. It was absurdly large. You know, eat this thing, it was massive. And it had no effect on me. I didn't get heartburn, I didn't feel bad afterwards. I couldn't even think of eating something like that late at night now. See, I've gone from acid rock to acid reflux. That's part of the problem. World changers run
0: light. This is the day, the day when life begins. Now, if you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, it is available on CD from Vision Christian Store. Search The Secret to Being a World Changer at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.